Presented here is a free teaser for this month's edition of the Top Rope Nation Classics Patreon bonus podcast. Every single month, we release a deep dive on a classic wrestling event as voted on by our supporters on Patreon. It's a true historical deep dive. The only place to hear these shows in full? Join the Patreon page for just $5 per month. The link is right here in the podcast description. Patreon is the best way to support the show. We are confident you will enjoy the content we're offering, all the bonus content over on Patreon. So click that link in the episode description and read all about it over on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Nation and enjoy this special free preview. What's up, everybody? This is the 33rd edition of Top Rope Nation Classics, presented here in full exclusively on Patreon. As always, I'm Ryan Drosty, joined by Kyle Ross and Justin Joint. And we're going back today almost 30 years to the day. We are one day off the anniversary. We're recording this on August 28th, and this show happened August 29th, 1992. Justin Joints, how are you doing tonight? Are you ready to talk SummerSlam 92? Hell yeah. Had a, had a blast watching this show over two nights for the most part. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but there was a lot of filler, a lot of crap on this show, but the crowd made it bearable. Absolutely. One of the great crowds of all time, Kyle Ross. You ready for this one? Absolutely. The patrons have done it again. You know, eight strong shows here uh, this year. They've chosen for us on Top Rope Nation Classics. Although this one does break the trend. All year we had gone WWF, WCW. Mm-hmm. This is back-to-back WWF, now known as the WWE, of course, shows, as we did Canadian Stampede last month. Uh, but a very worthy selection. And given that, you know, not only are we just, uh, you know, 30 years in a day away from... When the show took place, we're, of course, nearing the next major UK pay-per-view from this company. Yes, we Clash are. Clash at the Castle. So very timely. Thought this was going to be picked. Very excited to break it down. And, of course, we're three days away from the air date, though, in America, that anniversary. Because, of course, this show did not air uh, live in the United States. Stop me if this is stepping on any future notes. But I was on. I was basically out on wrestling by this point for the most part did either of you two hear the results of this show before it aired no Mm-mm. no, no okay. i i, I was didn't, I didn't think too. so but and, and and do not feed that linda mcmahon nonsense because i believe that was a thing she tried to always cite why they never ran another uk pay-per-view mm. she like blames spoilers even though the percent of wrestling fans in 1992 that would have found out about results two days before they aired was quite minuscule even with the declining yeah. audience as we're about to talk about yeah yeah linda mcmahon <laughs> her piss poor knowledge wife at the yeah. time <laughs> what could you possibly trust linda mcmahon on well i'll tell you what not to accompany vince to uh, a birthday date apparently apparently she didn't get that invitation <laughs> 
she wasn't a, she wasn't hanging on Vince's funky ass elbow there. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah, great pick by the patrons. Like strong shows on classics. Uh, so for those of you tuning in on the free feed right now for your little teaser of the show, as I said, we've done three three of these. They are the monthly bonus show for Patreon. Tons of fun. We're about to get into it. I have no idea. We're just talking off air. What's going to win in September? That's going to be an interesting poll. I think came in second place this this month was uh, Heatwave 98 ECW. We still have not done a ECW proper show. We've done the one-night stand shows, or one of the one-night stand shows. But yeah, September should be very, very interesting. Was, was Gangsta's Paradise September or October? I'm drawing a blank right now offhand. I can't remember. I have no idea. I don't, okay, I wonder if no e, the ECW fans try to push one through. It's got maybe yeah. the best ECW match of all time on it. They were close this month, but uh, yeah, just with the anniversary and everything and what you just ran through, Kyle, we figured this one would win. And and like we just said, I mean, I was kind of watching wrestling sporadically during this time. I was pretty young. I was getting ready to start, let's see, 92. Would have been third grade. I would, I would have already started third grade probably because school starts pretty early, like mid to late August. Was, we probably had one week of school at this point in time. So I was in the middle of elementary school as this one was happening. Uh, Justin, so you were kind of completely out, you said, of wrestling at this point. Um, yeah, for the most part. I remember seeing the magazine uh, mm-hmm. detailing this show. So I saw that Brett lost the IC title, which is really at this point all I cared about. And that honestly, that might have been the nail in the coffin for my interest in the WWE, not knowing what was about to come. And real quick, uh, Gangster's Paradise was September 16th, 1995. There we go. There you go. Kyle, you were not taking a break, were you then? You were watching every week. Yeah, I was still pretty strong here throughout the summer 92, though I was about to find out in the fall that wrestling was a lot less popular in school uh, in sixth grade. Going back a year, this would have been, um, you know, the what 91, 92 school year. Uh, remember talking about things like the barbershop angle and Warriors return at WrestleMania 8. Those were things that people talked about out loud in homeroom, sixth yeah. grade, Olmsted Falls oh. High School. But <laughs> in seventh grade, you know, a few months later after the uh, SummerSlam, Survivor Series was here in Cleveland, as you guys know. And I remember Dan Burke, Mike Johnson's going to love this story. I know he's, I'm going to see if he's listening here. But uh, this guy, Dan Burke, kind of a knob, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't think he's listening, so I can call a spade a spade there. But, you know, I remember saying, hey, man, you going to Survivor Series? And he like, kind of like brushed it off like he didn't want to talk about it out loud. Fuck Dan Burke. <laughs> He was an ashamed wrestling fan at that point, right? Yeah, but, yeah, you know, a lot of people were jumping off the ship. As we'll talk about, I, I can't remember if I knew anything at all about the scandals at the mm-hmm. time. You know, that's always interesting when people of our age look back on this period. I remember, you know, talking with Frank when I, uh, Ediani, when I appeared on his show, um, that he's like, yeah, I didn't know anything about that at the time. And I, I don't think I did either, at least yet. Yeah. Well, I know you know plenty about it right now, Kyle, because you and Liam are your are you working your way through 1992 WWF and the history of the promotion over on Squared Circle mm-hmm. Gazette. So everyone should check that out if they haven't yet. But you'll be getting to this period later this year. I'll be looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm for those who have the video on right now. I'm pointing at the back of my hand. This is 1992 WWF, folks. I know it quite well. <laughs> 
this is gonna be a lot of fun and yeah. yeah this show is just i mean it's legendary because of the venue first of all i mean how many times did you see shots of this just the photos the stills of it i before i ever even saw the event i didn't see this full pay-per-view until years later same uh, I, I, I saw brett and bulldog but that was it um and boy yeah it was a long long time I don't remember if it probably would have been. I know the blockbuster that I used to go to never had this on Coliseum video. I feel like I saw Brett and Bulldog at my friend's house and he had rented it somewhere else. Like early, we didn't watch the whole show. And uh, I think I bought the Coliseum like the late 90s on eBay. I think that's the first time I would have seen oh. the whole pay per view. But I mean, I saw pictures of it over the years. I remember wwf produced like a SummerSlam flashback show in the summer of 97 that showed clips from all the SummerSlams to that point in time and i was watching that specifically to see the highlights from this show if they had shown anything that i hadn't seen before uh but yeah it was it was a long time you too justin before you saw this one yeah i don't boy i swear i found it at a video store around here maybe hollywood video and waterloo when i came back to wrestling in 96 i think that'd be the first time i saw it and that's just because you know eventually when i came back you know looking back at bret hart's career you, you hear people buzzing about hey you got to go check out the SummerSlam 92 with bulldog one of the greats yeah kyle how how uh, soon did you see this one i probably would have saw it right after when the video came out i reckon i mean i I, I was joking in the Facebook group. I had like, I've seen the show. God, I don't even know how many times. Yeah. Like a couple dozen. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> like, I, I mean, I had two pages of notes before I even rewatched it. It was, <laughs> this is the show that I don't even need to re. I didn't need to rewatch. I kind of had my talking points set, but you know, who doesn't like listen to two hours and 45 minutes of Bob Heen and, you know, get an yeah. extra joke or two in. So as the show opens, the very, very first thing that we see is an IcoPro opening with the tagline for everybody that cares about their body, which I don't know if you guys know much about IcoPro, but from what I've gathered, it was really, really hard on the stomach. So I'm not sure how much you cared about your body if you were using that stuff. But man, those those promos were everywhere back in that era. Just You saw them constantly. For a long time, too. How long yeah. did they... But did it go into like 94? I feel like it went into early 94 at least. Like, you guys maybe would know this better than I, but like there was that Bret Hart commercial where he was walking through the gym. Mm hmm. He was definitely like the champion at that point. So either that was just a few months after this or that was 94. But yeah, I, I definitely remember on Raw, Randy Savage would like randomly plug Ico Pro on commentary. So yeah. I don't know. I, I obviously was not old enough to take Ico Pro in the era, but I've heard that it was the cause for chronic diarrhea for a lot of yeah. people. So, <laughs> I mean, so I don't know about how people were caring about their body taking that stuff, but you know it's bad when noted brown noser Bruce Pritchard even says it sucks. I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, I mean, for Bruce to say that a Vince McMahon idea was bad, you, you know it must be bad. I think Brett is eating. <laughs> even talked about uh perhaps it was on his kayfabe commentaries that i watched that they all got a shitload of it and like yeah. no one used it like they would just like take up space in your basement or your garage you try to like pawn it off to somebody nobody wanted it nobody took it everybody had their own supplements some legal some maybe not <laughs> dude i don't 
I don't think I ever even saw that stuff around in stores. Like, I know they advertised probably GNC or something for it, but like, did it make it out every? Do you guys remember if you were seeing it on the shelves anywhere? I can't say that I've set foot in too many health stores through the years and certainly <laughs> would not have at the mall. I don't think I was going in GNC at Great Northern Mall in 1992. <laughs> well, I don't know. I was just saying, though, like, I don't know if it even made it out into just regular big box retailers later on, but I don't know. I don't know. I definitely never saw it. I do remember seeing the Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan vitamins and actually having those, but IcoPro, not so much. So They came in uh, oral and injectable, Hulk Hogan vitamins. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, yeah, we get the uh, the famous opening with all the British fans that they film outside the, van- the venue, including what I thought for many years was a boy, but in fact, the Bulldog girl. The British Bulldog is going to win whether he wants to or not. Who could ever forget that line? Wait, that's a girl? It's a girl. They found her a couple oh. of years ago. I swear to you, there was a there's a small company that made a figure of her. What? The hair, yeah, it looks like an old... I got these Hasbros behind me here with the Britain Bulldog. But yeah, it looks like a Hasbro. And it's the British Bulldog girl on its own card and everything. I'll look for it later and send it to you. Oh, God bless her. She ago. she knew how wrestling worked back then. She knew it was <laughs> predetermined. Yeah, whether he wants to or not. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> certainly not up for debate. Uh, there there was another fan doing a bushwhacker impression during yes. this intro, which uh, shows me that the United States certainly does not have a monopoly on stupid wrestling fans. <laughs> it gave Justin the opportunity to go around school licking kids on the face and having an excuse to justify it. So. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we get all of that opening, and before we get to the first match and the opening stuff, a couple other things. So we said the buys, two hundred eighty thousand buys. There's eight. They announced eighty thousand three fifty five is the announced attendance on the show itself. It's in that neighborhood for sure. $2.7 million gate. Uh, according to, I think I got this from the Observer, WWF made $3.65 million in tickets and merchandise sales combined on this show. So much, much better than they would have done in the U.S., as Kyle alluded to a couple of minutes ago. Yeah, absolutely. The decision uh, to run Wembley as opposed to land over Maryland was a very smart one, if for no other reason that running such a build, big building gives the illusion that the promotion's still hot, mm-hmm. even though business is declining. And, I, and you know, drawing 80,000 people doesn't hurt either. Yeah. So the, the buy first... rate would have done bad regardless. Yeah. I, th- I think that, you know, no Hogan, you just got to eat that, you know, 80,000 is more than they were going to put in the cap center. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say. So the first match they open, and this crowd is hot from the very, very beginning. And you get LOD, Money Inc., and LOD, you know, coming out on the motorcycles, Paul Ellering, Rocco. Jesus, we've ranted on this one before. What a terrible idea. Who would put Rocco the doll with the Legion of Doom? My God. But the crowd doesn't They didn't like it. (laughs) The crowd pops for him. Yeah, they didn't like it. Uh, The crowd pops for him. And we've talked, and Kyle in particular has talked a lot over the years of how much he hated Money, Inc. with IRS. He gets on the mic and says something about uh, screwing the monarchy out of their tax money or something along those lines. I didn't even write down the line. Uh, but this is this is we've talked about this match before because a couple of years ago on Dark Side of the Ring, they did a series on, or an episode of that series on the Road Warriors. And Animal talked about how... You know, the condition that Hawk was in on this night. And he, you know, 